All right, welcome to another episode of Hoppy Night in Canada. This is episode three of our sort of return, whatever you want to call it. It is episode three of us discussing the BC beer bracket. In Victoria, I'm Dave. And I'm John. Yeah, so as I mentioned, Justin McElroy's hashtag BC beer bracket has finished. Uh, We're going to go through the results. We're going to talk about what beers beat what other beers and come to some conclusions. Yeah, probably have a bit of a reflection at the end, uh, just thinking about kind of overall impressions of uh, of the results and how this whole thing went. Yeah. Um, so I guess where we left off last episode, we had done the first half of the round of 32. So on Monday this past week, we voted on IPAs and dark beers. Um, so let's, you know, jump right into dissecting that. Uh, the first matchup was, as Justin put, the Battle of Vancouver Island. It was the number one seed, Fat Tug from Driftwood, against the number nine seed, uh, Jagged Face IPA from Mount Aerosmith. And this one went just about as you would, ex- would have expected it to. Fat Tug won with 89% of the vote. Really not much to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I've never had Jagged Face. Um, I've had other stuff from Mount Aerosmith, which I quite like, but there's uh, like, there's no stopping fat tug. No, Jagged Face is good. Mount Aerosmith makes fine beer. Um, Jagged Face is good, but it's also not terribly well distributed. And it's not one of the, I mean, it's not one of those breweries that's just super well known. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really stand a chance. Yeah. The next round was the High Five Hazy IPA from Yellow Dog, which was the number four seed versus... Uh, Red Racer IPA from Central City, which was the number five seed. Yellow Dog took this handily, 75%. I think we talked about this a bit in the last episode, but like the continuing popularity and like increased ubiquity of hazy IPAs, I think speaks a lot to the results uh, on this one. Like people really like hazy IPAs and Red Racer, as we talked about, is I think a bit more of a a legacy entry. Um, So this kind of didn't surprise me. No, there's not a lot of not a lot of surprise in this one. And I, it, I will say, it's been a while since I've had the Central City IPA. Same. Um, but it's always been good, right? Like it's been, it, it's, until Fat Tug came onto the scene, Red Racer IPA was considered sort of the gold standard in BC. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't think it's changed at all since then, possibly to its detriment. But... It's still a good beer. I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same place. Like it's been years since I've had one, and I, I think it's one of those like I had no problems with it when I had it. But as the years have gone by, more breweries open, more options are available. Like I've never really felt the need to go back to it because yeah. I remember it being a fine example of a West Coast IPA, and not much more than that. So maybe I should revisit it. <laughs> I've been revisiting a number of these based on the results of these uh, these rounds of voting. Um, but like, I'd be curious to see how it holds up now based on my, my current taste. Yeah. 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 Okay. The next matchup was the two seed color and shape from Superflux, and the number seven seed, uh, Juicy AF from Boombox. Uh, this one's fun. They're both breweries that uh, were born out of the Callister uh, brewery share program, uh, which is 
really cool. And um, if you don't know anything about it, I recommend checking out Callister. Uh, they basically, on a year-long basis, lease out their equipment to uh, a bunch of different sort of startup breweries. And several breweries around town have developed out of that, Superflux and Boombox being two of them. Um, for a while after leaving Callister, Superflux was brewing out of Strathcona. They now recently just opened their own space. And Boombox was briefly brewing out of um, Dogwood uh, and then took up residence doing contract brewing out of Parallel 49, where they've been for a while. I have no idea if they have any interest in their own space or not. It seems like they've got a pretty good cushy relationship with Parallel 49 right now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this was the matchup of two Callister Spawn. Um, and in it... Uh, color and shape by Superflux won with sixty percent of the vote. I think this was the right choice. I mean, uh, I think both are good beers. I think Superflux. I think color and shape specifically is the stronger beer. I do think like Boombox. My personal taste is that Juicy AF isn't the strongest beer in the Boombox catalog, but it's not that it's a bad beer. Um, just color and shape, I think, is better. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and like. Superflux has just been around a little bit longer. Color and shape's a little bit wide, more widely distributed. Um, or it was. It, right now it's probably the same. But it was a little more widely distributed for a while. Um, it just, everything lined up to make color and shape win. And I think it was the right call. Yeah. The next and last matchup uh, in this round for the IPAs was the number 14 seed Juxtapose from Four Winds versus the number six seed Widowmaker IPA from Backcountry Brewing. Uh, Juxtapose took this one 65% of the vote, I think, correctly. I mean, for me personally, that's correct. Yeah. Um, Widowmaker is a good IPA. People really like it. Um, and like, it's it's good. And Backcountry is one of those breweries uh I don't know what the best way to put this is. Um, Backcountry, it's not that it has like a, a cult following, but it has a really strong following. Mm-hmm. Lots of people really love Backcountry. But Four Winds is Four Winds and Juxtapose is just a better beer here. Yeah, I think so. Widowmaker, I only I had recently for the first time, again, as the result of this bracket coming together. And Widowmaker kind of confuses me a little bit. I can't lie. Uh, like it's it's technically an East Coast style IPA, so it is hazy, but it's much more on the bitter side than the juicy side. I found in terms right. of that that hewing towards like certain hot profiles. Um, so like the taste profile, I thought was much closer to a West Coast style IPA, although it is it is technically East Coast hazy style. So I don't know. Like it it kind of fit in a weird niche that I don't think I need filled personally for me when I tried it, I was like, yeah, this is like, it's not, it's not that it's a bad beer, but if I'm going for a hazy, I want that kind of juicier fruitier experience versus going for a West coast IPA. This felt almost like a bit of a hybrid to me. Kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, juxtapose is just a really, really good IPA. So. Yeah. I mean, juxtapose is a little bit of a, a unicorn in this bracket in that it, like it's a wild IPA. Yeah. It's brewed with brat. It's just different. The majority of the bracket fell into either the West Coast IPAs or the hazy slash New England IPAs. Yeah, that's a good point. And the only other, I mean, there's the Fieldhouse Sour IPA, but that was put into the Sours uh, quadrant. So yeah, this is the, this is, it's an interesting one in that it is a, a bit of an odd one out. 
I mean, it, if you if we look back at like the first the first round, uh, there's the category twelve disruption black IPA, mm-hmm. which is is different as well. And then there was also the Phillips Electric Unicorn, which is a white IPA, but that's just a yeah IPA. Yeah, um, and Satori as the fresh hop, at least you know variant, I guess. I guess, but yeah. So of yeah. the sort of beers of the ones that move forward, Chestapos was kind of the one that stuck out. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Okay, uh, moving on to the darks slash seasonals slash other quadrant. The first matchup had the number one seed, uh, Hoyne's Dark Matter, up against the number nine seed, which was Spinnaker's Nut Brown Ale. To the surprise of nobody, Dark Matter won with 85% of the vote. Really just earning its number one seed spot. Yeah. And like, I ranted about Nut Browns last time. They're not a good beer style, but... um, (laughs) You know, that's neither here nor there. Not neither the Spinnaker's Nut Brown nor the um How Sound one that it beat were going to be Dark Matter. It wasn't gonna be close. Yeah, pretty much. The next matchup was Singularity, Russian Imperial Stout from Driftwood in the number thirteen seed versus Granville Island's Winter Ale in the number five seed. In a pleasant, maybe not surprise, I don't know. Uh Singularity took this one sixty four point six percent of the vote. I had called out this matchup, I think, in the last episode. And in general, like, I was curious how far Winter Ale would get purely based on the sort of nostalgia factor. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that uh, Singularity was able to beat it. Because obviously it is a better beer, but I, I was curious how far nostalgia would carry the Winter Ale. I think if this had been run a few years ago, maybe not like last year or two years, but like three or four or five years ago, Winter Ale would have crushed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm pleased that Singularity won this one. Yeah. Uh, the next matchup in this bracket was a little bit of an odd one in that we had the number two seed, Degrad's Blonde, up against the number seven seed, Cranog's Backhand of God. Um, so Backhand of God is a stout and an excellent one up against a Belgian Blonde. So they were not similar beers at all. Dagerad took this one with 61% of voting, which is probably right, despite how good Backhand of God is. This one's so tough, I think, because because of A, the difference in styles, and B, the difference in availability. Like, Dagerad Blonde is, as far as I understand, pretty widely available across BC, certainly in the Lower Mainland and on the island. Cranog's really hard to find pretty much everywhere these days. Um, and so that those two things make it kind of very difficult to compare these two. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that, that blonde took this one. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely 100% agree with that. And like, I can't say I'm unhappy about this one. Like Mm -hmm. I love backhand of God. I know we've talked about this in one of the last couple episodes about how it was one of those beers that was like sort of mythic whenever you were able to get it at one of the good craft beer bars back in the day when craft beer was still a fledgling thing in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Backhand of God is really, really wonderful. I think Dacre Ed might be the best brewery in Canada. Um, and the blonde is maybe not their absolute best beer, but it's one of their best beers and probably their best always available beer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The only thing about this is how weird, um, like it's a weird matchup. But I think the right beer won. Yeah. Yeah, Dagrad. Dagrad's such a good example of a brewery that seems to have just 
aimed for, you know, a, in this case, like wanting to be a Belgian brewery and just doing it really well. Like they execute so well on all of the different beers that they make because they kind of, I think have just a very strong sense of the type of brewery they want to be. Yeah. Um, on technique level, on flavor level, like they, they are able to achieve this kind of very, um, particular, I wouldn't say niche, but like this very particular style, like, and I think they show that whenever they make new stuff. Um, but the blonde as, as one of their kind of year round standards, um, I think is also exemplary for that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, and the last matchup, uh, in the round of 32 was the kelp stout from Tofino brewing the number 11 seed versus twin sales, con leche, horchata milk stout in the number 14 seed. This one, I think, was one of the closer matchups uh, in this round. Kelp Stout ended up winning with 55, 54.9% of the vote. So, like, relatively close in the scheme of things. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to say between these two which is objectively better. I like Con Leche more. I think I do, too. It's been a while since I've had Kelp Stout. I think... I, my personal taste goes towards Con Leche. Yeah, I like Con Leche more. The Kelp Stout is, is good. Like, it is really good. Um, I prefer Con Leche. I voted for Con Leche. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I mean, I agree winning here was fine. Pretty much. Okay, so that wraps up the round of 32, and we are on to the Sweet 16 to use March Madness parlance. The first matchup is a pretty good one. We have Red Truck Lager from Red Truck, obviously, against Blue Buck from Phillips. And as, as discussed last week, it's the the name lawsuit battle. Red Truck Lager is the number one seed in this bracket. Blue Buck, the number four seed. Perhaps those should have been maybe switched. However, I suspect there was some, uh, some shifty bracketing done, giving Red Truck a bit of a walk into this round in, and knowing that Blue Buck would crush its way into this round uh, so that we could have this matchup. Just a guess. Don't know anything salacious. Just a guess. But as expected, Blue Buck won this one 74 with 74.2% of the vote. So it's a revenge served 14 years later. <laughs> I, if I'm honest, I don't remember which one I voted for in this. I think I struggled mostly because it was trying to frame the question of like, if I had to order one of these, like if I had to have one between the two, which one would I rather have? Cause I have almost no good memories of red truck lager, but I don't, I didn't want to support blue box continued dominance of this part of the bracket. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, it's this one. I, I don't think is wholly surprising. Yeah. That's it's, yeah it was a good it was a an excellent matchup made by good bracketing maybe perhaps some shifty bracketing but the expected the expected beer won. yeah so the next matchup the other side of the basics quadrant uh it was dat juice from twin sales and the chase my tail pale ale from yellow dog so the battle of port moody um very close matchup and Dat Juice ended up winning, but with 50.5% of the vote versus 49.5 for Chase My Tail. Yeah, this was one of the closest bat- battles of the entire bracket. Yeah. I think this is the right call, personally. If you stack up these two beers directly, like both both of these breweries are really good. They both make really good beer. Between these two very specific beers, I, I think Twin Sales is the better. Option. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 
The next matchup, we're jumping into the the IPA quadrant. The number one seed, Fat Tug from Driftwood, against the number four seed, High Five Hazy from Yellow Dog. Driftwood won pretty comfortably again with 65% of the vote, roughly doubling up the total vote that uh, Yellow Dog got. Unsurprising, maybe not the right choice, but unsurprising. I'm glad, like, I'm glad that Yellow Dog, uh, that the High Five Hazy had the showing that it did. I think of the of the hazy options, like Yellow Dog has quickly become one of the more ubiquitous ones that you can find on most shelves at, at BC liquor stores and the like. And um, yeah, I'd like, I, I'm, I'm glad that it, this one wasn't a complete walk for Driftwood, even though it did win like relatively handily. It wasn't a blowout in the way that some of the previous rounds had been. Yeah, totally. Uh, on the other end of the IPAs, we had the matchup of Color and Shape from Superflux, number two seed, versus Juxtapose, the number 14 seed. Juxtapose winning with 62% of the vote. I'm a little surprised about that. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit surprised. Like, I think this one won on the on like four wins strength. Like this was I don't yeah, I don't know. Um as we discussed earlier, uh Juxtapose was kind of a special one in the bracket it and it, it stood out but like i'm surprised it won that easily i'm not surprised it won at all but i'm surprised that it won by 15 percent. yeah i think i mean maybe it's also that you know between these two beers i'm pretty sure juxtapose has been around for longer you can now get juxtapose in four pack cans which is wonderful yeah. um it's so maybe there's an availability or a like you know it, it's been around for longer it's a little bit more well-known aspect to this between the two i'm not i'm not 100 sure like they're both great so um but yeah I, I guess to your point like i wouldn't have been surprised to see a very close race between these two so like the kind of relatively easy win that four wins took for this maybe a little surprising yeah but superplex is still young i guess so as a at, like as a brewery so maybe there's also that yeah yeah there could be something to that mm-hmm I'm not. I'm not upset that Juxtapose won. Uh, in fact, I voted for Juxtapose. I really. I like it a lot. I think it's a great beer. Um, I just. I'm, I'm just a little surprised. Yeah. Moving on to the sours, saisons, and fruits quadrant of the bracket. In the first matchup, we have the uh, number one seed, Four Winds Nectarus, against the number five seed, Tricycle Radler from Parallel Forty Nine. Two big, well-established breweries out of the Lower Mainland. Um, two very different beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nectaris took this with 70% of the vote, which I have no complaints about. Again, earning its number one seed. Yeah, um, Definitely not what I expected. I expected a much closer race here. So the fact that Nectaris won so handily, I think... <laughs> is one of the matchups that has caused me to like slightly reconsider people's tastes uh, as far as like what, uh, what the most popular beer would be is um, like, I, I am very happy that Nectarus won, but I, I expected Tricycle to put a really strong showing in, uh, in this round and it didn't really materialize. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I do wonder a little bit if this was part of the fact that we're doing it in March again, in July, maybe this is a closer matchup. Mm-hmm. When everyone's drinking a bunch of tricycles, yeah, in the park with their friends, with a a group a group of ten people or fewer, yeah, 
uh, yeah, now is not uh, Rattler season necessarily. So no, could be doing it anti favors, whatever yeah. how you want to phrase that. Um, so the other side of the uh, Sour's Fruit Saisons, we had La Maison from Four Winds, their, which is their wild Saison, and Changeling, Raspberry Changeling from Brass Neck. Sorry, La Maison in the 15 seed and Changeling in the 14 seed. This one was another close one. Um, La Maison ended up winning with 52.4%, um, but Changeling put in a good showing. And I think really does reflect like the, the sort of uh, deserved high praise that Brass Neck has got since it opened uh, for just the quality of beer that it puts out. For sure. For sure. Um, as we've, I mean, as we've discussed in the last couple episodes, you, you can't get brass neck unless you're showing up at the brewery and for a beer from that brewery to show up that hard against a really good standby from a brewery that distributes to every corner of the province. Yeah. It's impressive. Yep. And I mean, I probably would have preferred Changeling Win because I love that beer, but La Maison is also extremely, extremely good. Yeah. So, yep. There was no bad option there. Pretty much. No poison pill in that uh, matchup. All right. Jumping into the last quadrant of the bracket, uh, we have the Darks, Seasonals, and Other. In the first matchup, we had the number one seed, Dark Matter from Hoyne against the number 13 seed singularity from driftwood once again as you keep saying earning earning its number one seed uh hoin won with 71 percent of the vote which probably not a surprise but it probably should have been closer yeah i mean speaks speaks so much to like you know dark beers can have such a wide range. And I think this one in some ways is the like, I know dark matter doesn't like say what style it is, uh, but like a dark mild essentially, right? Like not too heavy. It's got those nice roasty flavors. And then on the far other end of the dark beer spectrum, you've got something like singularity rushed Imperial stout, super heavy, you know, this is, I think an interesting matchup uh, in that sense uh, of just like the range that you can have within quote unquote dark beer as a style. And and yeah, like didn't really surprise me that Dark Matter took it, even with the volume that it did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the last matchup in the Sweet 16 was the number two seed, Blonde from Daggerad, and the number 11 seed, Kelps Out from Tofino. Blonde winning this one with 58.8%. Which, I mean, I'm happy with that. Uh, I like the Blonde of the of these two. I like the Blonde a lot more. Again, it's another one of those weird ones where we had a stout against Dagerad's Belgian Blonde. Yeah. Which is a tough, tough to compare. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, to see Dagrad uh, go that far uh, warms the heart <laughs> and feels correct in terms of if you're comparing not the specific beers, but the breweries themselves. You know, Dagrad makes so many good beers that, that to have one carry through as far as it does, like that is nice to see. So that wraps up the Sweet 16, and we are into the Elite Eight, once again using March Madness terms. Is that what it's called, Elite Eight? I don't watch uh, sports at all. It is the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and then the Final. All right, so we're into the Elite Eight. This is where we have one last matchup in each quadrant, and we find the champion of each of those quadrants. Um, 
the first matchup, the champion of the basic beers, we have the number four seed Blue Buck against the number two seed Dat Juice. And in an unsurprising result, Blue Buck won. What I would say is surprising is they only won with 52% of the of the vote. This one felt pretty close. Um, and I this is one, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, like Blue Buck being the number four seed seems low given how uh how heavily the vote favored it in in a number of its races i do agree that like it was probably a bracketing thing to make sure the like basic basics kept to one quarter of the basics quadrant you know your your caribou's luckies your red truck loggers things like that um but yeah like getting you know seeing seeing blue buck make it uh to being the champion of its quadrant uh even with a relatively close race in the final like this um doesn't surprise me and on reflection maybe the number four seed uh is a bit low for it yeah yeah so blue buck comes out of the as the champion of the basic beers which shouldn't really surprise anybody yeah yeah almost like you know we can go through this round but like uh some of these start to feel a bit like foregone conclusions this was the only one that again like the relative uh closeness of the race was interesting um but the fact that blue buck carried it all the way through feels relatively unsurprising so the next quadrant was ipas this was fat tug from driftwood the number one seed versus four wins juxtapose the number 14 seed and fat tug won 61 percent of the vote again feels a little bit like a foregone conclusion um as we've been saying like juxtapose a little bit of an odd one out i'm super happy to see it go as far as it did um but it doesn't surprise me that that fat tug took the quadrant agreed oh hopping into the sours saisons fruit category um we have the battle of four wins uh the number one seed nectaris is up against the number 15 seed la maison and uh nectaris won this with six pretty comfortably with 63 percent of the vote I, I i'm happy with that result yeah i think the the rise in popularity uh, of sours as a style obviously like there's a lot of variety within sours but the the rise of popularity in bc feels very exemplified by nectaris going from you know a one-off that four winds makes into one of their semi-regulars i don't think it's year-round availability right now but it's as close to it as you can get um i think that like it's it's such a as a single beer it feels very representative of the of the growth and popularity of sour beers and that's not to say that La Maison is a bad beer. You know, Wild Saison is its own thing and is great. Um, but I think, you know, you want to look at like sours and dry hop sours, like Nectaris wins and deservedly so. Yep, totally. So the last matchup uh, for the winner of the quadrant of uh, Darks, Seasonals and others was Dark Matter from Hoyne, the number one seed versus Blonde from Dagra, the number two seed. And Dark Matter winning 62.6%. Which, you know, uh, jerk. (laughs) I don't know. I I think um, I I am a big Dagrad fan, so I would have liked to see it go through. And I think in the scheme of things, Blonde might be, to my taste, a better beer. Um, But the popularity of Dark Matter can't be denied. No. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. Uh, Blonde is the beer I like more. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Dark matter is just a just a just an absolute um, destroyer. Yep. 
Uh, and just like that, we're into the final four. Just as a quick recap, the last four are Blue Buck as the champion of the basics, Fat Tug, the champion of the IPAs, Nectarus, the champion of the of Sour Saison fruits, and Dark Matter, champion of the dark seasonal others. Speaking as we have a few times about bracketing, um, Blue Buck was the four seed, but kind of maybe shiftily a bit. Fat Tug was the one seed, Nectarus was the one seed, and Dark Matter was the one seed. Yeah. So um, kudos to Justin and Richard for getting those ones right. Yeah. On to the final four matchups. We have basics against basics against sours and then IPAs against dark seasonal blah blah blah. So in basics against sours, we had Nectarus against the Blue Buck. And I would say in somewhat of a surprise, Nectarus won with 60% of the vote. I'm quite thrilled by that. Uh, I thought for sure Blue Buck was going to walk this. Um, and I love Nectarus. So I'm really quite thrilled to see that happen. Same. It has, this is another one, as I was mentioning, that has, I think, forced me to confront some of the like built-in assumptions I have about um, <laughs> how the bracket was going to go and my my assumptions about, you know, uh, I don't know, general beer drinking taste in BC. Um, granted, obviously, the <laughs> relatively unscientific nature of this whole venture, it's all in good fun. But yeah, I, I really did think that Blue Buck was going to was gonna kick it all the way to the final. So to see Nectris take it and not in a particularly, like, not in a, in a super, super close race was pleasant to see. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was quite thrilled to see that happen. Yep. And the other semifinal matchup, we had Fat Tug from Driftwood versus Dark Matter from Hoyne. And Fat Tug took this one 57.9% of the vote. Which doesn't surprise me in a matchup between those two, I guess. Agreed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I'm just a little bit surprised that Fat Tug didn't win by more. Dark Matter is a favorite for a lot of people, but I kind of expected Fat Tug to win that a little more handily. I think that's fair, um, especially given, you know, the longstanding popularity of IPAs and West Coast IPAs on the West Coast. Um, it wouldn't, yeah, like Fat Tug could have ran away with this. And so a lot of people, you know, showing up for Hoyne. I think actually one of the things that I've learned coming out of this bracket is just like how beloved Hoyne is to some people. And I didn't fully clue into that, I think, until very recently. It's because you haven't lived on the island long enough. Uh, that might, might actually be uh, very true. Yeah. I, and yeah, it's it's a it's a brewery that like I'll freely admit, like I never paid that much attention to. And to so to see it kind of come through, not that it makes bad beer, but it's one that like for me always gets overpassed by other things. Um, and so I. Yeah, uh, it's been interesting to see how many people show up for for Hoyne when the stakes are down. Hoyne is reliable they make reliably good beer uh none of it's bad like absolutely none of it's bad um they're not really innovating that much but i also don't think that's the goal uh-huh. um, and some of their seasonals are surprisingly good um we actually we've got a six pack of one of hoyne's beers uh called carte blanche um in our fridge which is the name is because they just gave, I guess the management of the brewery just gave the brewers 
carte blanche, if you will, to make to make any beer they wanted. And so they made a white IPA, um, and it's really nice. It's a it's an absolute winner. So huh. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's worth worth checking out. It's a good one. But yeah, like Hoyne's good. Hoyne is really good. It's not fancy. It's not. It's never going to be uh, something like Brass Neck or Four Winds or um, Strange Fellows or something like that. It's never going to be the most innovative brewery, but they make some really damn fine beer. I will. This is one of my notes to take away from this whole experience. Drink more Hoyne. Yep. All right. So that does it. We are into the final. The number one seed from Sours against the number one seed from IPAs, which that seems pretty fitting considering the beer, like overall craft beer trends in the last five years and specifically what the kind of craft beer that BC is known for. That seems perfect. Yeah, I think that's um, the, the final felt very telling when it comes to something like for so many years you know, since the early 2000s, this notion of like craft beer meant IPAs. It meant bigger, hoppy beers. Like, and for a long time, that was just kind of the built-in assumption. And still, I think for some people, that is the assumption. But the ascendancy of sours as a category, uh, as like a category of beer in the last, yeah, say five to 10 years, um, I think to challenge that kind of crown <laughs> that that IPAs have held for so long, I think to see that be reflected in this bracket is very, as you say, very fitting. Yeah. So in the final with 53.7% of the votes in a fairly close matchup, if we're being honest, the winner of the BC beer bracket is Fat Tug. Official uh, democratically elected best beer of BC. I voted for Nectaris myself. Oh, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not surprised to see Fat Tug win. We yeah. called it in our first episode. We said Fat Tug's going to win. Yeah. We were right. Um I'm going to pat myself on the back just a little bit. Use the back patting machine. Yep. Yeah. I mean, no real surprise. As discussed, the number one seed, three number one seeds and the number four seed were in the final four. Um, Yeah. That's what you want when you build a bracket, theoretically, I guess. I mean, it certainly shows, yeah, like on some level, like the picking the top beers, uh, the the, the top seeds were well chosen. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were. There was, for fun, there was a matchup of the third and fourth place of Dark Matter uh, from Hoyne versus Blue Buck uh, with Dark Matter winning 60.8%. So again, to that point of like, really, I overestimated the the amount of support that Blue Buck would get. And I also underestimated the amount of goodwill that Hoyne carries. So this one just, I was proven wrong twice. Yeah. Once that Blue Buck would make it in the final, once that it would even win third place. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, Dark Matter is better than Blue Buck. That was the right choice. Oh, 100%. Um, but but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. The fact that it wasn't closer than that is surprising. Yes. Uh, and then there was also a four-way poll for fifth through eighth, which, of course, was the was the, the beers involved were Dat Juice, Juxtapose, Degrad Blonde, and La Maison. And it really it went in that order. Dat Juice took 36%. Juxtapose took 28%. Blonde took 22% and La Maison took 14%. This one's tough. They're, they're four really good beers. I, uh, they are. They're four really good beers. I'd quibble with the order. I mean, if I was doing yeah. that myself, I would probably go Blonde, Juxtapose, La Maison, Dead Juice, probably. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed, but I, I agree. The top three for me, I would put Dead Juice fourth out of these four. Um, but the top three... 
depending on the day, depending on the time of year, whatever, like I could easily see myself reshuffling the order of these. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So that is a wrap on the bracket. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing. I mean, it was a, a endeavor from Justin McElroy to do this. Uh, if I have some quibbles, I do a little bit wish he had spread it out a little bit. It did go very quickly. It went, yeah. I mean, we're, we're recording this, uh, March 14th. So we're just, we're, we're halfway through the month. Um, this probably could have gone a bit longer. Um, cause I think it was a lot of fun to kind of follow along and, uh, and nerd out a bit on this stuff. Um, yeah. so to see it kind of go as quickly as it did, um, I, I could have gone a bit longer. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously Justin wasn't getting paid for this. He was doing this out of the goodness of his own yeah. know, need for, need for, uh, engagement on, on social media. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, if he'd spread it out a bit and we'd gone the entire month, it might've allowed, uh, some people to sort of build up some campaigns for a certain mm-hmm. beer. And it might've been, things just might've been a little bit more fun and interesting. And there might've been some more engagement yeah. on, on the socials. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it going from, I mean, there was, I think play in rounds took about a week and then the actual bracket itself was a two week stretch. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a ton of time to like, if you were paying attention, you were in, and there wasn't a ton of time to kind of build up concerted campaigns for, you know, uh, dark horse uh, beers or like, you know, up, real upsets to happen. I think this went, I like on reflection, I don't know that there were any huge upsets. I think the fact that like the last couple of rounds kind of started to feel like, yeah, all these make sense. Yeah, all these, yeah, like, you know, like none. I wasn't shocked by any of the results in the last couple of rounds. No, neither was I. Yeah. Neither was I, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I do. Like, like we said, I, I wish it had gone a little bit or it had been a little more spread out, um, mm-hmm. allowing a couple days between the final rounds or something. I don't know exactly what the best way to do it would have been, but just giving a little bit more time, letting it breathe a little bit, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could have, it could have benefited from a, a slightly slower, uh, rollout of the, of the votes and, and of the brackets. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So now that we've had two weeks to look at all of this and we see all the results, uh, is there anything that stands out to you as particularly notable? That's a good question. I think, so I've mentioned it uh, a couple of times, but I think like one of the takeaways for me, and again, granted, we're talking about votes that are like a couple thousand votes, you know, on Twitter polls. Uh, the relatively unscientific nature of this, like it's fine. It's all in fun. But I think one of the interesting takeaways for me at least is, is that recognition uh, that the, maybe the tastes of the people are not as simple as maybe I assumed. And I didn't fully realize that I had an assumption that like when looking at the bracket at the beginning, my big thing was like, Oh, like, you know, Blue Buck's going to take it or like, you know, we'll see all these like kind of not as good beers make it further because like that's what, you know, the general populace drinks. And I think that was an unfair assessment on my part. I think looking at the uh, looking at the winners and, and especially looking at some of the margins of some of those votes like we talked about, like Nectar is carrying all the way through, you know, the the some of the really, really nice beers that that I like. It turns out like I my taste is much more mainstream than I expected <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a that's a good observation. Um, as I mean, as we I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, 
if it had been a few years ago, I mean, okay, let's, let's say if it had been five years ago, I think there's a good chance that uh, winter ale is in the final. Uh, Yeah, I think, I think that's true. And it didn't even make it out of the round of 32. Yeah, I would agree with that. It feels like the last five years have seen such an explosion in the number of breweries, the quality of the breweries that are, that are putting out beer, the explosion of, you know, different styles of popularity. Um, there's, there's been so much change in the last call it five years, I think in craft beer in BC that, um, if you'd run this same one, I think there would have been much more mainstream support for some of the, you know, the winter ales of the, of this bracket. And yeah, as it stands, like it, it was really interesting. Like, I don't think I would have called it that Singularity would have beat Winter Ale, even though I believe Singularity is the better beer. But maybe my estimation of how other people were going to vote was quite off, it turns out. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Yeah. I think the other thing, um, Fat Tug winning, this is similar to what I was just saying. I think like seeing Fat Tug win is in some ways... I think a validation of the sort of how to put this, like the project of craft beer. Um, let me try and explain what I mean. Like we were mentioning about the kind of shifting tastes and like seeing fat tug versus nectaris is like, you know, established craft beer versus new craft beer styles. But I, I think that like there has long been this sort of assumption of like the association of like bigger hoppy beers, like IPAs with craft beer and more of a niche market. I think I'm talking like 20 years ago at this point, right? Like the rise of IPAs as a style was very closely tied to this feeling of like a more niche, uh, craft sensibility. Um, and to see fat tug win out over many more potentially mainstream choices, your red truck loggers, your blue bucks, things like that, um, kind of feels like, I don't know, craft taste is mainstream taste now. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. I think, I, I understand what you're trying to say. Um, I think that there, I agree with you to an extent. I think that there's still a lot of people out there that drink caribou and lucky and. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that. And I, I think some of this is a selection bias just based on who follows Justin McElroy on Twitter. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But I agree with you that in, in your, the sort of thesis of your point that um overall the the public's taste has become more nuanced and more interesting yeah that's a, that's a much more succinct way of putting it yeah and i mean a lot of that a lot of that is going to come down to the fact that we're spoiled for options mm-hmm. um, you just look at all the beers that were in this you know, in in this um bracket you look at the beers that weren't because they lost out in the play the play-in rounds and you can even look at some of the beers that didn't even make it into the play-in rounds um there are good breweries in bc that didn't even get a sniff of the bracket Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean (laughs) yeah i think that's true i think there's there is this like embarrassment of riches to some degree of the just the sheer volume of of choice and of availability um, and with that, I think, I think you're right. Like comes the, the expansion of taste and the kind of growth in nuance of taste, uh, of the type of beers that you like that I would argue like has, has long been the case in the craft world. Uh, but has, I, I think definitely expanded out to encompass, uh, beer drinkers of all stripes, 
across across BC. It looks like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Were there any matchups that you look back at still and are like, I wish that had gone a different way? <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. I one of the ones we discussed today, the Conleche versus Kelp Stout. Not to say that Kelp Stout's a bad beer. I'm curious if Conleche could have put in a stronger showing against Daggerad Blonde. Um, probably not. I think it would have still gone the same way, but I don't know. Like I, that's that one I look at as a curiosity of, could it have shifted the balance in a slightly different way? Um, if, if Conleche had made it past Kelp Stout, probably not because Daggerad, as we've talked about, like the, the popularity, the availability of blonde, like it's a really good beer as well. Um, that one stands out as a, as a, we'll call it a curiosity. Yeah. For me, the big one I have is um, in the first, like the first rounds, Strange Fellows Talisman lost to Yellow Dog Chase My Tail. Yeah. And that one, because if you look at what happened after that, um, Chase My Tail then beat Simple Things by Steel and Oak, which Strange Talisman would have as well. Um, Yellow Dog then faced off against Dad Juice. And like, if that was Strange Fellows, if that was Talisman against Dad Juice, Maybe it wins, and then in that bracket, you've got Talisman against Blue Buck in the in the the top for the top of the quadrant there, and maybe Talisman wins that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. This is I'm purely speculating, but Talisman might win that. I think it's I think it's possible, especially again given that in that race of of Blue Buck Dat Juice, like that one was a close race. And so if something like Talisman had made it through, which, which I would agree, like is a, is a slightly better beer and like maybe could have just been just enough to, to push that over and then carry Talisman through, you know, into the final four. That's a good one of like in an alternate universe where that uh, was the first round, like where, how far would that have gone? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, that, that one, that one still guts me a little bit. Yeah. But uh... there's, there's one other one that I think we discussed it uh, in in one of the previous episodes, but when um, Park Life from Bomber, the Passion Fruit Ale, went up against Fieldhouse's uh, Sour IPA, right? I like. I think the end result of that bracket still is Nectarus coming out on top. But I, I'm wondering if Park Life could have put in a stronger showing and beaten Tricycle. Probably, like most likely. But I think it's still. I think everything falls to Nectarus. Yeah, still yeah. in that bracket, going the way it did. Definitely. Yeah, a couple of interesting ones, a couple of curiosities. I don't, I think that's the thing, like coming out of this and looking at it on reflection, like I don't think it ends uh, any other way than with Fat Tug no. coming out on top. No, no. And like we discussed this a little bit before we started recor- recording, um, but Fat Tug did actually have a little bit of an easier path to the final than Nectaris did, I think. Fat Tug beat Satori in the first round and like that, whatever that was, what it was, but like then it faced off against jagged face from Mount Aerosmith, which like isn't a terribly well-known beer from not a terribly well-known brewery. Yeah. Um, then it had yellow dog, hazy or high five, the hazy IPA, which was a tough battle, I guess, but like still not really, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, juxtapose which again not even really the same kind of beer whatever yeah uh and then you know dark matter was its toughest competitor Mm -hmm. whereas like there were several times when i was looking when like looking at this there are several times when i thought nectaris could have lost 
in, in the first round, it was up against the last strawberry whip from Fuggles and Warlock, which crushed in the play in bracket. So like there's a potential landmine. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was ever going to beat what the Hawk um, from Fernie, but like up against a parallel 49 year round. That's really popular in tricycle. Yeah. Um, up against La Maison. And even like if, if La Maison hadn't beaten raspberry changeling, then you're up against a brass neck beer. Like that's a tough bracket. Yeah. Um, and then it wound up against blue buck. Like I think Nectaros had a, had a harder fight. Over. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. For, for being the number one seed in its category, like it had us, it had a harder path to victory, I think than, than fat tug. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. I think like on my final note, uh, just for fun, like I've, I've been trying to semi play along with this. Like I mentioned, I've been using the bracket as a way to like backfill beers that I, I actually never tried. I also did in the last week, uh, try fat tug and nectaris cause I hadn't had either of them in a little while. Um, just to make sure I like for the record, nectaris is 100% the better beer. Like, I don't know. I hadn't had fat tug in years and trying it. I, I think even in the choice of like West coast IPAs, like it would not be the one I reach for these days. Um, not to say that it is bad, but it feels, um, it feels tied to a style that I no longer like feel as passionate about, I think is, is part of it. Like my taste has shifted as well as there just being so many other good West coast IPAs that you can stack it against. Right. Um, and to that point of it, it having kind of an easier path to victory, if it had gone up against kind of a run of like more ubiquitous standard West coast IPAs, like again, minor curiosity, would it have done as well? I think it still would have made it to the final, but would it have had a harder path to victory, uh, if it had gone up against say play dead IPA or I don't know any of the other like real, like standard exemplary West coast IPAs that have come out in the, in the last say five years or so. Right. I'm curious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That just about wraps up our coverage of the bracket. I will say again, thank you to Justin McElroy for giving us something to talk about on for three episodes of this. I do yeah. wish it had been maybe stretched out and we could have gotten four or five out of it, but say la vie. Yeah. Well, it, it gave us a kick in the pants to get back on the mic after three years and yeah. uh, start putting these out. As far as what's next for us, I think you can expect uh, you can expect us to be to be back on the mic a little bit more frequently. We've got uh, a limited run series talking about homebrewing. Uh, I think, as we mentioned uh, in our first episode back, um, you can expect that in the feed in the near future. Yep. Um, and in general, I think three years is a long time. I think it'll be good to get back and, and chat about what's changed in the craft beer scene, um, what we're paying attention to, and uh, you know, we'll find some stuff to talk about. Oh, there's, 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 there's never a shortage of beer to talk about. Oh, for sure. Or beer to drink. Yep. So as always, you can find us in a number of places across the internet. We're on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts. We're on Spotify now and any number of other places where uh, you normally listen. So uh, tell your friends, uh, whatever platform you use, uh, if you can leave us a review uh, and a rating, ideally five stars. We are on social media at Hoppy Night CA, both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find us uh, at hoppynight.ca or you can email us at hoppynightincanada at gmail.com. Uh, and I think that about wraps it up. So once again in Victoria, I'm John. And I'm Dave. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.